720 WGN. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lisa Dent. Kevin's here. Mary, Steve, and Rob Nelson is on the phone. Rob was a Major League Baseball player, pitcher for the Oakland A's and the Padres, and you know, can be credited with creating big league chew. In fact, Rob, I was reading that you were watching some young players one night trying to spit tobacco juice on each other's white shoes on their cleats, and you were disgusted and thought there had to be something better. Is that true? Uh, you know, not exactly. It was my, <laughs> Portland, my Portland Maverick teammates. As often happens, I get confused with the Rob Nelson who played in the big leagues, and that's not me. That's not I you. Was, that's not me. <laughs> I was the Portland Mavericks single-A ball player. There is a terrific documentary called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. And it's the story of a team that Kurt Russell, the actor, and his dad put together in Portland, Oregon. It's on Netflix. It's 80 minutes long, and it is a bundle of fun. So I'd love to say I have big league credentials, but that is not true. I played ball in South Africa, played in Australia, played in the U.K. Truth of the matter is, when I got out of Cornell with only one good season under my belt, nobody wanted to sign me over here in the States. So I hit the road and went elsewhere. I'm sure a lot of people talk to that other Rob Nelson and say, what was it like to come up with shredded gum? And he probably says, I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, easy mistake to make, but not me. You know, what's funny about that is I've sat and watched like five YouTube interviews with you. So I knew all of that stuff. And then I'm doing some last minute research and I'm like, oh, well, isn't that interesting? And of course, Kevin is here and Kevin knows everything about you. Um, <laughs> well, the documentary is fantastic. If, if nobody's uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's, it's a great watch about the Portland Mavericks. Um, Big League Chew, though, to me, Rob, growing up playing Little League, it was a must have. I tuck it in my back pocket and my baseball pants. Uh, what's new at Big League Chew? How many packs have you guys sold? I think last time I talked to you uh, it was, I don't know, three or four years ago. You guys were nearing a billion. Is that accurate? We went over a billion last month. Wow. And uh, the, the, the really kind people at the MLB Network gave me my five minutes of fame. Uh, Bill Ripken and Mark DeRosa were just ripping me about how uh, how terrible I was as a ball player and how <laughs> lucky I was as an observer in the bullpen of the way things work out there. So, yeah, we went over one billion pouches. And uh, Ford Gum is uh, at, at a Buffalo, New York. I left Wrigley about oh, 10, 12 years ago when Mars bought out Wrigley. I just needed to go to a smaller a smaller operation because I knew I, I would get just kind of uh, forgotten about in, in a big company. So that worked well for me. Uh, small company just outside of Buffalo. I had a lot of college teammates uh, who lived in the Buffalo area. I remember the natural was filmed there. Warren Spahn grew up there. So it's a real baseball town in in my heart, and it's worked out great. But to do a billion pouches – from an idea that was just a spur-of-the-moment thing uh, is, is preposterous to me. I'm, I am the luckiest left-hander. My gum is in the Hall of Fame. My arm, unfortunately, is not. <laughs> and you've probably saved a few lives, honestly. I don't think there's anything more disgusting than kissing someone after they've been chewing tobacco and much more pleasant if they've been chewing big league chew. Well, the whole idea was to come up with a fun alternative I mean, let's face it, Big League Chew is not granola. It's not health food, but it, it's not dangerous, you know, unless you're eating two pouches a day. So, yeah, I do have a good feeling about that. I know that consumption of uh, 
the other stuff in the pouch has has declined by 75 percent since Big League Chew came out in 1980. It's hard to believe this is the 44th summer of, of Big League Chew, and uh, it just seems like it was six months ago when it all started. Which, so, which of the flavors is the top seller? I love the grape growing up. That was a must-have for me. Well, the number one seller has been original from, from day one. Uh, I'm a grape fan myself. It's a little more leathery than the other uh, gums. So when I get in a blah, blah, blah competition, I'll give the 11-year-old kids the original, but I'll be chewing the grape because I want every edge that I can get. <laughs> but uh, ground ball grape is a classic. Uh, We've got Slim and Strawberry, which has a girl on the pouch, and that has a lot of fan base. So, uh, yeah, I think any as long as you're chewing Big League Chew, I'm happy. Okay, now is this stat right? Just tell me this. Uh, Wrigley family in Chicago that took the lead in selling Big League Chew at their baseball stadium beginning in 1980. I don't know if they sold it at the ballpark, but it was January of 1980. Uh, that it went on sale. I had the idea for a couple of summers. It was 13-year-old Bat Boy, Todd Field. And if you, that name sounds familiar, he became a writer-director in Hollywood, and his last film was nominated for Best Picture with Kate Blanchett uh, this past March. Uh, it's an amazing story. He was the 13-year-old Bat Boy who used to cut up his licorice into strings and, and store it in a, in a regular pouch. I said, Todd, what are you doing? You're 13 years old. He said, relax, Rob. It's, it's, uh, it's licorice. And that gave me the motivation to think about other things because I didn't think kids would go for licorice the way Todd did. He did it just to look like a cool dude, bat boy. So the gum thing came up, and we made the first batch in Todd's mom's kitchen. And it's preposterous, but Todd's mother's name is Candy Field. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is all a kind of Forrest Gumpian. It was on February 6, 1979, which turned out to be Babe Ruth's birthday. Uh, knuckleheads that we are, we didn't know that for about five or six years. But it was a good omen. And less than a year later, it was on the shelves uh, at a lot of convenience stores in January of 1980. But the Wrigley family, uh, <laughs> they just couldn't believe their good luck. And I couldn't believe our good luck. You know, they used to have a small division in Naperville called Amaral Confections. And they made a lot of gimmick gum, like bubble tape and ouch bubble gum that looked like a Band-Aid. I mean, it was just kind of dopey stuff. And they put Big League Chew in that category. My first deal with Wrigley was a three-year deal. It was my former teammate, Jim Bouton, who had pitched for the Yankees and was trying to make a comeback with the Portland Mavericks and succeeded getting back to the big leagues. But he would say his biggest contribution to baseball was helping me find a company uh, to give Big League Chew uh, basically a tryout. And the three-year deal uh, was torn up after one year, and here we are 44 summers later. So, wow. yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't think the other Rob Nelson would have been nearly this interesting. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Somebody just sent in a text, and they said, I think our family personally has consumed a couple thousand big league chew pouches as we coach many, many little league bas- or baseball games. It's always a hit. And that's it. It's a hit for anyone of any age. Well, it really is, and and I'm not sure why it happened. I mean, Big League Chew is bubblegum fun, certainly, but there's something about the shreds, 
And the fact that uh, no kid has to bother with paper to get into the gum, you can take a little or you can stuff your mouth with a bunch of, bunch of it. And the artist in the beginning, Bill Mayer, who is an artist for Mad Magazine and is still out there doing fantastic art, uh, he created the first Big League Two characters. And they weren't drop-dead handsome guys who, who looked real Hollywood. They they were kind of grubby-looking, kind of led the league in paunch, and they'd stubble. And, and there was something that was kind of, I don't know, kind of naughty about Big League Two. That, well, this is kind of kind of edgy. And, uh, and I think that added to the whole, the whole mystique of the thing. But I never imagined that it would be four decades later, and it would still make families smile. And that, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm, my friends always talk about how Rob's always preaching the gospel of gum, and, and I can't help it because I just can't believe it. I can be in a restaurant or a tavern or getting uh, my car washed, and when they find out I'm the gum guy, everybody seems to have a big league chew story. And whether they got hit in the head because they weren't paying attention or hit a home run, they always remember the big league chew. And I don't know why it is, but I'm extremely grateful. That's awesome. Before I let you go, who said bubblegum's better when it comes from a shredder? I have to admit I own that one. (laughs) (laughs) I got it right on that one. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much for jumping on the radio with us. This is terrific. Thanks again. We'll see you now. (laughs) Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. Then we're coming back with the newsroom temperature check.